So, all right, y'all rested. Why don't you stand with me as we read the word? James chapter 5, 19 and 20. It's titled, Bring Back the Erring One. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Dear Heavenly Father, today as we're before you, I take this word as a charge to each one of us. Father God, to be busy about bringing back the backslider, the one who's wandered from the truth. And Father God, that I pray that you give us words and eyes to see God, that we can speak into a brother or sister's life. Father God, to turn them back from wandering. And Lord, that you'd bring the wanderers back home. Bring the wanderers home, Father. Yeah, back to the house of God. And so, Lord, we praise you. We thank you for this time in your word. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Has anybody ever backslid into sin? I'm talking to the right crowd. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, these last couple of verses here in James is the story of a wanderer. I once wandered away from the truth and um, got caught up in sin. And it was a hard time. The days were dark. I'm not going to lie. It was tough. But uh, you know what? I was wandering in darkness, but still coming to church. I didn't want the phone call. And then one day I wandered a little too long and Pastor Dave called me. I'll never forget that phone call. It was 40 minutes long. I hung up from that call and I, I told Delanda, we're going to church every Sunday because I'm not gonna ever get that phone call again. But I was caught up in things, got caught back up in things of the world because I wandered away. And um, God was just not my focus. Even though I'd come once or twice a month, God was not my focus. And I wandered in the wilderness, just like the prophet John preached on last week. So when you let life and what's going on in life get control of you and get your attention, it's easy to lose focus off of God and what he's declared to you and still come to church. We need to have a deeper understanding of the word of God, though, and know how to apply it to our lives so that we don't wander, amen? So that we stay the course with God and that we find ourselves not wandering away from God, but wandering towards God, moving towards God, amen? With this passage today, we see that it's very possible for, some, for someone to wander from the truth and become lost. I don't believe in once saved, always saved, never have, never will, simply because of the word and my life. Because I knew I was at a point of no return with God that Sunday that I got, that God spoke to me right here and I ran to this altar to commit my life to him. But we can definitely lose our way. And when we do lose our way, we get caught up in guilt and shame and, and many times it's hard to find your way back because of the pride. I was talking to somebody recently, hadn't seen in a little bit. And some people I get around, they just start confessing. I'm like, okay, you know. I, I've seen one, somebody the other day, and they said, yeah, I can't be around you right now. I'm like, because they'll tell me everything. And, uh, well, this person told me everything the other day, so I prayed with him, prayed for deliverance over him and everything, you know. But I, and I prayed that the guilt and shame would come off. And, and he looked at me and he goes, that's it. 
It's the guilt and the shame that keeps me away. We have to press through that. We got to fight for our life. You got to have people praying with you, contending. See, because what the enemy does not want to do, want you to do is to uncover him. The devil doesn't want you to uncover him. The devil wants you to keep him covered in your life and, and allow him to stay there. And, and, but I know that when we uncover him, say, see, this is what the devil's doing. And you let it be known. He, he's like, oh, man. You know, because once you confess, what happens? You could be healed. Once you confess, you're made free. Amen. You're like, oh, oh I feel better now. <laughs> and that's what happens. Is, but the enemy wants you to just keep that thing kind of, you know, how like they tell you to tuck that football in your arm and, and keep it in there. And keep everybody away. Well, God wants you to just toss the football and let God just invade your life. God wants to invade you. God wants to come upon you in ways that you just never can imagine. God wants to encourage you so much that you just, you don't wander anymore. That you're not looking at the world. You're not even focused on the world. People tell me all these things that's going on in the news and everything. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy, man. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm almost embarrassed to tell him I stopped watching the news. I don't care. I want Jesus. I re- I'd rather read my word than watch the news anytime. You know, whatever they're doing, they're going to do. But I know this, my God is greater than whatever they can do. Can I hear an amen? God is greater. And so many people have wandered away from the truth because they're so focused on what the government's doing, so focused on what the left or the right is doing, and that they've wandered away from the focus of what Jesus said. Jesus is greater than all of this, amen? There's no way to the Father but by Christ, amen? So we've got to focus on Jesus and not what the world is doing. I know people I can call right now, they can tell me everything that President Biden said, what this person said, what this company's doing, what this, that, that, that. What is Jesus doing? That's all that matters. What is Jesus doing? And what does Jesus want to do in your life? Amen. We just came through a week of, of prophetic words just blazing through this house. Last Wednesday night, I think we were here till 11, 1130. He was prophesying to every single person. And you know, that prophetic word is only as good as what you do with it. They can tell you God's going to use you. You're going to be powerful. I used to get them words when I was 18. You're going to be powerful. God's going to make you a pastor and stuff. And I thought, I don't want to be a pastor. (laughs) Well, I used to get it all the time. I mean, you in the red shirt in the balcony. Oh, they saw me. They found me, you know. I mean, I'd be hiding. And here I am today. But I had to blow through a lot of stuff to get there, you know? And God wants us as believers to push through, amen? Focus. You know, we should not be wandering from the truth. Matthew chapter 7 tells us this. Verse 13, it says, Jesus teaches about two roads. Go in through the narrow door. The door is wide and the road is easy that leads to hell. Many people are going through that door. See, the road into heaven is narrow. The road into hell is wide. And a lot of people, I mean, he said it back then, the road is wide and it's easy that leads leads to hell and many people are going through it. Now, the challenge for all of us is to just go in the narrow door, amen? Go into the narrow door. How many of you have ever been in a submarine? Man, them doors are narrow. 
You're like, that's why I don't let big guys in there, you know? <laughs> you you got to kind of sidestep through that door. It's narrow. That's how it's going to be from heaven. You got to, you got to, navigate your way down that narrow road you can't follow everybody else that's taking the wide road the wide road represents the world's way of doing things you can't follow the world that way and just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean god wants you to just because everybody's okay with it doesn't mean god wants you to be okay with it amen god is calling you to the narrow road to where you shut out what the world's doing and you do things god's way God says in Matthew 6, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And, and in the Amplified, it says, seek first God's way of doing things and God's way of being right. And then all these things will be added unto you. See, that's what he wants us to focus on, not seek first how to do, you know, how to um, get this person in office and that person in office or, you know, Focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. And, and, and while you're at it, don't ever think that you could never wander from the truth. Don't ever let pride get you because that's just the beginning of pride. When you say, oh, I'll never wander from the truth. Don't, don't say that. It's just, <laughs> it's just like as Pastor Otto and I have this joke because people will come to you and they say, Oh, pastor, I love you. I'm never leaving the church. And then they're gone. <laughs> you see them two months later in the grocery store and you say, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good, pastor. You know, and then they, then they start confessing. God told me to leave. I said, hmm, I thought God told you to stay. You love me. And, you know, I don't do that. I just, I just think it in my head. I'm just like, well, God bless you, you know. But it's true, you know, with God, we, we say, oh, I'll never wander. And then you find yourself wandering and you're like, I was never going to do this. It's just like those that said, I'm never going to be like my parents. <laughs> and here you are. <laughs> I'm just like my dad. <laughs> so, but staying on track with Jesus is something you have to do. Every day letting the truth arise in your life so that you don't wander. Which brings us back to the task at hand today. Number one, bring back the wanderer. Bring back the wanderer. When you look at the word of God, we need to do that the way that Jesus did it. He didn't condemn people. He didn't judge people. He showed them the way and he let them decide and he still didn't judge them. He loved them. It's like the rich young ruler. He says, hey, what do I got to do? You know, and Jesus went through it with him. And, and Jesus knew there was a hook in his heart. And when I say a hook, I'm talking about something that pulled him away from God. See, because this man says, well, I keep all the laws. I'm good. What he's saying is, I'm perfect. I'm good. And Jesus came, why? Because we're not perfect. We're not good. You know, so he was basically in words, he's saying, I don't need you, Jesus, because I've got this. I'm keeping the law. And Jesus says, well, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor and come and follow me. And there was his hook. I, I can't pull out that hook today. I'm sorry. See, our job's not to pull out the hook. Our job is to present to them how to get the hook out. Because you do it for somebody, they're coming back. You know, it's like somebody gives you something, you don't 
take care of it as well as you would as if you had to make the money to buy it yourself. Then it becomes golden to you. But if it's just blessed to you, then you, eh. But Jesus loved people. He just loved them. He told them the truth, but he loved them. And that's what we're to do. We're to tell people the truth, but in love. You don't have to approach them. Oh, you're, you're doing this. You're going to hell. Do you know you're going to hell? Doesn't that matter to you? I mean, sometimes you might have to do that with people that are just so hard-headed. You got to smack them. Because <laughs> some people really are hard-headed. They don't get it. They don't understand it. They're just like, you know, I'm, I'm good with everything, but I'm okay with having this. And when God says, this is what you shouldn't have, and you, you want to hold on to it, you got to get rid of those things, amen? So our, you know, when you look around to people, our job's to get them into the narrow way. Encourage them to go the way with us. Encourage them to walk with you, amen? What did Paul say? Um, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And that's what we've got to get to. We've got to get to the place that where people would want to imitate you. That, well, here's just a good question. How many of you, we don't have to raise your hand, would be okay if people followed you? If they imitated you? Would you be good enough with them imitating you and making it to heaven? Because, you know, that's what Paul said. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Because he was confident of who he was in Christ so that people could, he, he could say that confidently, if you follow me, you're going to find Jesus. If people follow you, are they going to find Jesus? It's very quiet in here. You know, our, our society today is so untrusting um, and everyone you help thinks that you want something because that's the way the world works. If they're helping me, they want something. But we should just move in love and show them the way. Amen? I may not condemn you, but I will cry for you. You know, the Lord tells us to weep between the porch and the altar. For the priest, to weep between the porch and the altar for people. Here's the altar. Out there's the porch. Right here. The Lord tells me to cry for you, to cry out to him for you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone in here today, God. That, Lord, if there's any wanderers right now, God, that you would just touch their heart today, God. To come back to you, God, to come in line with you, Father. That, Lord, that you take their running shoes off, God, and, Lord, you cause them to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Lord, that you cause your people, Father God, to rise up, Lord, and not wander any longer, to be focused on who you are and what you've done for us. Lord, that we be focused on everlasting life, eternal life in Christ Jesus. That, Lord, that we'd stop following the ways of the world. We'd get on the path of the narrow way that we could go in it and through it, Father God, and that one day we will be with you. Father, let your hand be upon every person in this place. I pray for the nudge of the Holy Spirit to push on people today, God, that they not stay the same, Father, but today would be a day of transformation, the day of turnaround, God, great turnaround. 
Father, you love us and you love your people. And I pray, Father God, that your love would cast out every fear that people have about totally serving you. That you just break it off today, God. And that we would wholly be committed to you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. There's nothing sadder than somebody wandering from the truth. To walk in the things that are going to fulfill the lust of their flesh. Because that's what happens. And the, and the word tells us it was going to happen. He tells us how it's going to happen. And I want to read it to you. It's in Romans 1. He tells us exactly what's going to happen. This is the way it's going to go down. Romans 1, 18 through 28. It's a little bit. We see the anger of God coming down from heaven against all the sins of men. These sinful men keep the truth from being known. Men know about God. He's made it plain to them. Men cannot say they do not know God, know about God. From the beginning of the world, men could see what God is like through the things he has made. This shows his power that lasts forever. It shows that he is God. They did, not, they did know, but they did not honor him as God. They were not thankful to him and thought only of foolish things. Their foolish minds became dark. See, he's talking to the church. He's not talking about the world. He's talking to the church. Verse 22, they said that they were wise, but they showed how foolish they were. They gave honor to false gods that looked like people who can die and to birds and animals and snakes. This honor belongs to God who can never die. Verse 24, so God let them follow the desires of their sinful hearts. You see, God's not going to stop you. If you want to go left, when he's telling you to go straight, he'll let you go left. And he'll just watch. He's not going to make you serve him. He's not going to stop you from serving him, from, from um, going the way you want. He's going to let you go the way you want because it's a free will. It's a free choice of whether you want to serve God or not. So their sinful thing, they did sinful things among their among themselves with their bodies. They tried the truth of God for a lie. They worship and care for what God made instead of worshiping the God who made it. He is the one who is to receive honor and thanks forever. Let it be so. Verse 26, because of this, God let them follow their sinful desires, which led to shame. Women used their bodies in ways God had not planned. In the same way men left the right use of women's bodies, they did sex sins with other men. They received for themselves the punishment that was coming to them for their sin. Because they would not keep, here it is, they would not keep God in their thoughts anymore. He gave them up. Their minds were sinful and they wanted only to do things they should not do. Doesn't that sound like today? A lot of that going on today? And God is calling us out. James is calling us out in this passage. He's not calling the wanderer out. He's calling the believer in Jesus out. That you and me are to go and to rescue them. We are to go and to convince them to come back to Christ. 
You know, that's what our job is. Our job is to save the wanderer. People say, I don't know what my purpose is. There, I just gave it to you. Just go, just walk the street. Hey, do you know Jesus? Did you know Jesus? You know, we used to do this thing. We, that's crazy. We used to bring a video camera out and a microphone. We'd go to the mall. We'd stand out in the mall. We'd ask people to come and let us interview them. And we'd we'd ask them, we'd say, hey, so uh, are you a good person? I'd say, oh yeah, I'm a good person. You ever told a lie? Yeah. You ever had lustful thoughts about a woman? Yeah. You know, by your own admission, you're a lying, a lying adulterer. If you were God, would you let you into heaven? No. Well, you're in luck today because Jesus made a way and we'd go through the plan of salvation with him and they'd get saved. We would do that every other Friday night. We would go out and do that and it was crazy. I had a hard time doing it. I'm not going to lie. It was tough. But these young adults wanted to do it, so I had to show them how. <laughs> They'd be like, Pastor, we gotta, you got to teach us to do this. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is a little intense. But we, people would really open up. I was at Victoria Gardens one day, and we had a line from here to the wall, people ready to be interviewed before we got kicked out. <laughs> we got kicked out of every mall. <laughs> And I'm not saying you got to do it like that, but you got to figure out how to bring back the wanderer because that's your job. That's what God is calling to. You have to be strong enough and bold enough to tell people the truth. You know, like I've been around a, a, a lot of Muslims and they always want to encourage me that we, we um, serve the same God. And I have to tell them, no, we don't. Because they do not believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to the Father but by him, we do not serve the same God. And so I have to be honest with them. We don't serve the same God. You know, actually, they serve the moon God. That's who they pray to. And um, we need to be bold enough to tell people. Not to shout, not to scream, but have a conversation. Everybody says, we just want to have the conversation. Let's have it. Amen. But let's, let's t- speak the truth so that they can make a decision like that rich young ruler had to make a decision. And the idea is, number two, that you save a soul from death. How many of you want to save a soul from death? Me too. This is the plan. We watch out for souls. We watch out for souls. We encourage people to the narrow way. And when they get off track, we rescue them. Sometimes you feel like you got to tie them up, lasso them, and set them down for a little bit, you know. But, you know, (laughs) I wouldn't recommend doing that. But when they lose traction in the kingdom of God, it can get really nasty out there in the world. Delon and I went downtown L.A. yesterday. Man, it's nasty down there. It is crazy down there. And it's just so sad to see the people are just so lost. Not just because they're homeless, they're just lost. 
And they need people to come and encourage them. Amen? I used to have a 71 El Camino. And I just got, I mean, I, I drove it primered for a couple of years and I just got it painted and done the way I wanted it. It was fast. And, um, I like to drag race it. And, but one day, Christmas Day, I lost traction. I was driving down a road out, out in the hills where we lived and I hit a, this, this oil slick, black ice. I couldn't stop. And there was cars stopped. And I just plowed right into them. I lost traction. And I couldn't recover in time. I told him my El Camino. It's a sad, sad day. <laughs> but James, he calls this person that's lost his way this water a sinner. And a sinner, man, my typing was really bad right here. Wow. A sinner... The word denotes one devoted to sin by choice. It's by choice. A transgressor whose thoughts, words, and deeds are contrary to the eternal laws of God. That's what James talks about a person that's this sinner. James puts the word death in there too as a consequence of one that wanders. Now there's two thoughts on this word death. That God take them from their physical life? Or that they don't receive eternal life? Either way is not good. Either way leaves a, a lot of people hurting behind. And we're going to celebrate Pastor Dave this Friday night. Wonderful man of God. We're going to celebrate. We're going to sing. You're going to hear testimonies, see pictures. Wonderful man of God. We know that he's in heaven today. Amen. We have that assurance because of his life, because of the witness of his life. So we can, we're confident in that. But it's when you don't have the confidence in that. It's when that person dies and you don't know. Because I had this young man in the church for a while, and I finally had to tell him he couldn't come anymore because he kept selling black heroin to kids in our neighborhood. I'm like, you can't come here and be doing that. I'm sorry. So his mom shipped him off to Iowa. And two months in, Delon and I were at the, I'll never forget this day because we were at the L.A. Zoo, your birthday. And his mom calls me just crying hysterically. I'm like, what's the matter? She said, Todd's dead. He's dead. And I just, I cried right there. I'm, I'm so tore, I was so tore up. I really like this kid, but he just would not get into the narrow way. He just kept wandering further and further from the truth. He was a great yes man. I sent him to, to Teen Challenge. He came back two days later. I sent him to the house the end of three days later. I mean, he just could not stay the course. He wouldn't get in the narrow way. He just kept wandering away. There was something in him that was pulling him that he just kept going his own way. And he died in a car accident in Iowa. So sad, 22 years old. I'd much rather have God take me and have a chance of heaven than to not take me and confirm that I've lost eternal life. 
death. One thing I do know, though, and I'm confident in this, God is asking the believer to save a person from death. Doesn't matter what death we're talking about. It's all very grievous. It all hurts. And then James uses one last word I'd like to look at. And that word is covers. Covers is a Hebrew word meaning forgive or overlook. The soul and the sins are covered are those of the one being restored. By bringing the errant one to repentance, confession, forgiveness is procured. That's what we need to do. Now someone is saved from death and procured in the kingdom of God because they've repented and stepped back into the narrow way and have been saved from death. This is the great turnaround. So our role is to watch, to ask God for wisdom, to turn a person back towards the narrow way. It must have been an issue then, and we know it's an issue now. God will give this wisdom to us if we ask for it on how to turn somebody, on what to say. Sometimes we need help. Because sometimes ministering to our own families is the hardest thing, hardest people to minister to. You know. So you might want to pair up, you know, team up. You know, like Liz had us doing around the house today, running around, teaming up with somebody, you know. You might want to team up with somebody and say, hey, I'm going to invite you over for dinner. Would you share with my family? Would you share with my son? Would you come over and talk to my daughter? Would you do something to help me to, to win them? Because they don't like to listen to me, you know, and then God, I believe, would give you something to say. I had the head of the Christian club at Centennial. This has been a while. He invited me to come to the Christian club at lunch to preach a, a salvation message to him. And uh, he actually got in a lot of trouble after that, but, you know. So I went, they ordered pizza. They handed out fryers, free pizza. So all these kids were packed into the room. So I went in there and I, I asked my first question. I said, how many of you have a best friend? And they all raised their hand, you know. I'm like, great. So I had a best friend growing up. And we hung out, did everything together. I said, you know, but when I got to junior high, not everybody thought my best friend was cool. You know, and some people would say things about him and I just kind of, huh, I'd step back away from him. And, and then I, you know, I finally told him, I said, hey, let's just hang out at home, man. You know, let's not hang out at school, let's hang out at home. That's a terrible best friend. Don't judge me. And then when I got to high school, you laid up. Nobody liked this guy. I played football and I was hanging out with all the football players and everything and they made fun of this guy, you know, and I found myself joining in and, you know, and I didn't hang out with him at home. I didn't hang out with him at school. I just didn't have anything to do with him. Graduated high school. I met Delanda, my 18th birthday. She says, hey, you want to go to a party? 
I'm like, yeah, I'm down. So I go to a party with her, and there's this guy there. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling bad. You know, I'm like, here, he's here, you know. And so, you know, that was the first time. Second time, he was there again. And I was feeling, really feeling that guilt and that shame about what I did to him. You know, because now you're, you're, you become an adult and you're realizing how stupid you were as a young person. And not that all young people are stupid. <laughs> That's all your parents laughing. <laughs> so after two or three times, four times going to a party and him being there, I couldn't take it anymore. So I went up to him and said, hey, man. I said, I just want you to know, I, I'm sorry about, you know, high school and stuff. Can we be friends again? He said, sure, Ron. It'd be like it never happened. That's great. See, because my best friend was Jesus. And this is the party we came to. And I would sit back over there. It was here. That he responded to me. And he just forgave me everything. He got me back into the way, into the narrow way so that I wasn't in that wide path of destruction going with the, everybody that's going to hell. He brought me back. And I know he's here today. And he'll bring you back if you need it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we are here today before you, God, you know each one of our lives, God, and you know if we've been wandering, if you know we've been stepping out and doing the world. I pray, Holy Spirit, you give us that revelation right now of where we're at. Maybe you say, Pastor, I want to get back in the narrow way today. I want to be right back in there. God has me, wants me. If that's you, just wave at me right now. I'm just going to pray for you. You want to get back into the narrow way. Amen. I see that. Amen. Anybody else? Father, you see these hands go up today. And I pray right now, Father God, for repentance right now. We just repent for the sins that we've committed, God, for the things that we've done that are not of you, for losing our focus and losing our way. God, bring us back into the narrow way. Help us to gain that spiritual focus again like never before, God. Put us into your hands, Lord, and just hold us tight today, God. Forgive us, wash us, cleanse us, God. Take us to that place of victory, Father, in our lives. That, Lord, we would have victory in you today. And the world would just begin to pass away in our lives as we surrender all to you today, Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're here today and say, I want to be a rescuer. I want to obey this word. If you want to obey this word and you want to rescue people from hell, why don't you stand to your feet right now?
Father, you see each one of us today before you. I pray for the release of wisdom right now in the hearts and minds of every person standing right now, God. That you give us that wisdom from above on how to reach the wanderer, how to turn them back to the narrow way. And Lord, that we would be bold, we would be loving, we would be kind, and we'd be full of the wisdom of God as we go. And Lord, for every person we see that has wandered from the truth, God, that Lord, that we would call them back, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we would see a great turnaround. So Father, we love you. And I thank you for empowering your people today, God. Just put your hand on your heart. Say this, Jesus, I receive your power. Send me, Lord, to the wanderer that I may bring him back to the narrow way. Give me strength today, Lord. Give me holy boldness that I may go forth in your name. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand today, huh? I guarantee you, if you look, God will show you. Just go with an open eye today. Have a great day. We have refreshments in the foyer. We love you. Have a great week. God bless you. <laughs>